In a time when evildoers parade their agenda before the world without shame, in a world where absolutes are being challenged and changed, in a society where truth is relative, welcome to a podcast that will edify, encourage, and empower you. A podcast that will speak God's truth in love. I'm your host, Myron Powell. Thank you for subscribing and listening to Rightly Dividing the Word of Truth. Thank you for tuning in today. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for starring and uh, sharing this podcast with your friends, family. Um, it's a, a privilege to be able to share this time with you today on Rightly Dividing the Word of Truth. Today we're going to look at Proverbs chapter 9. And I just want to simply start by titling this The Way of Folly. Have you ever taken a wrong turn and ended up lost? If so, how long did you keep driving before you stopped and asked for directions? I remember a time that I was traveling from St. Louis, Missouri to return to Maine when we lived there. I was talking and enjoying the drive until I realized I had driven about an hour out of the way in the wrong direction. Now, thankfully, I figured it out and was able to turn around and head in the right direction before I had uh, gone way too far out of the way. And uh, unlike most men and, uh, you know, the, the demographic that, you know, men don't stop and ask for questions, uh, I tend to do that. I don't want to go out of my way. I'd rather go into a store and ask where is this item or whatever than walk around for 20 minutes trying to find it. Well, you see, life is about choosing a path to follow and walking in it. Some choose wisely. And sadly, some choose foolishly. In, in Proverbs 9, and specifically 13 through 18, uh, one of the headings in some Bibles would say, the way of folly. This passage shows the dangers of choosing the wrong path. Now, specifically and contextually, uh, this is speaking against sexual sin. And the pleasure of a sinfully passionate moment is not worth the pain that it causes. Sexual immorality is a sin that hurts God. It does incredible damage to your witness, your spouse if you're married, your character, and can even do incredible damage to your health. And this is why scripture charges us to flee youthful lusts. And in fact, when confronted with sexual immorality, all of us need to respond like Joseph did when Potiphar's wife attempted to seduce him. He ran. You see, it's with the loud, seductive words that the woman, Folly, allures her prey. The ones she calls are the ones who are going on the straight way. If you read Proverbs 9.15, the ones that she's trying to get are the ones that are walking straight or going straight. So if I could just for a moment, without taking away from its context, allow me to draw the parallel to the seduction of Christianity. Now, sexual immorality is repulsive. I agree. It's sinful. But so is spiritual immorality. And, and, and what I'm referring to are those who are seduced by the gods of this world, the culture of this era, to compromise God's word and refuse to stand up for what is right. You see, folly doesn't call out for those who are on the Broadway. 
They're, they're already doing it. That way already leads to destruction. Folly is calling out loudly to those who are on the straight way, alluring them off of the narrow path that leads to life everlasting. The desire to be popular with people should be eradicated from the heart of every preacher listening to this podcast and every preacher, period. Now, I'm not suggesting that preachers need to be aloof or mean or untouchable. On the contrary, we are to speak the truth in love and rebuke with all long suffering. I like to be liked. Come on, it's human nature. Uh, uh, you know, my, my number one love language is words of affirmation. I like to feel appreciated and affirmed. But I must realize that if God isn't pleased, then it doesn't matter how popular I am with people. If I don't receive God's affirmation and his appreciation, then I've achieved absolutely nothing. You see, what's popular is not always what's right. And what's right is not always what's popular. I would much rather lay my head down at night knowing that I've pleased God, even if it means losing points in the opinion of public polls. I will risk offending you at the risk of offending God. And so if I could just speak to all my fellow preachers of the gospel reading or listening or following along on this podcast today, are we more interested in drawing the largest crowd or equipping God's church? Now, that doesn't suggest that we're destined to always be small in number. But I do wonder if we become so bent on having numbers that we've forgotten that with God, we are the majority. Yes, I realize numbers can help us to gauge a piece of growth. It is a part. A taking attendance is a part of it. But true growth is not measured by numbers only. True growth is measured by the maturity of the saints being equipped and doing the work of ministry. Unfortunately, I've heard many times of masses of people being baptized and born again, yet not discipled. That's unfair to them, it's unfair to God, and we need, to, we need to fix that. You see, the travesty upon the Great Commission is that we're not making disciples. Jesus never said, go and make converts. He told us to go and make disciples. To my fellow parents that might be listening to this today, are we more interested in being popular with our kids or standing up for what is right? Again, this is not to suggest an either-or concept here. But remember, when the rubber meets the road, I will risk having my kids tell me that I'm a mean dad rather than just give in to their every wish and whim. So instead of listening to the loud, seductive voice of folly that wants me to compromise, I'm going to tune my ear to the voice of the shepherd. I'm, I'm going to refuse and reject the voice of the stranger. I want to hear the voice of the shepherd, his still small voice. I want to follow his word and walk in his way, for he is the way, the truth, and the life that leads to life everlasting. Well, I hope this has helped you to rightly divide the word of truth today. And I hope that as Proverbs 9 begins talking about a seven-pillared house, that you have a seven-pillared house of wisdom that you have built upon and refuse the voice of folly. God bless you today in Jesus' name.